If you're trying to learn how to build and grow websites, I know our blogs and podcasts are awesome, but there's another cool way to learn new tactics. And that cool way is to look at others that have been successful already and try to understand the tactics they are using and replicate them on your site. So today, you're quite lucky because Mark and I chose seven of our favorite authority websites and broke down the pieces of their strategy that are really interesting that you can replicate on your own business. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I have been told to ask you that if you like the podcast and all the episodes we've been putting out lately... Don't forget to subscribe and drop us a review. Just know that we're also on Spotify now. So if you are using Spotify, you can just ditch the other podcast application and follow us there. You'll get all the new episodes right away. So let's dive right in the episode. Welcome back to the podcast, Mark. And can you please introduce us the first website? So the first website is thepointguy.com. This is a travel hacking site all about frequent flyer points, maximizing your travel, maximizing your credit card points, that kind of thing. It was originally established by a guy called Brian Kelly back in 2010. And it's quite interesting if you look on archive.org to see what the website looked like back then. It was basically a concierge service where he was offering $50, 30-minute calls on reward point consulting and maximizing your points and that kind of thing. Now, it's a very different beast. It's, a, it's currently a DR78 site. Ahrefs rank 19,000, has about 10,000 referring domains. Ahrefs estimates about 2.9 million visitors per month. And I also know that they have a massive office with a huge team in downtown Manhattan. And they have their offices decked out with all sorts of airline, airplane seats and different meeting rooms with first class seats and all that kind of stuff. So very, very, very successful website. And they also happen to be open owned by a company called Red Ventures, which is one of the largest media companies, I think, in the world that does this kind of thing. They own most of the large credit card websites out there, like creditcards.com, They also own reviews.com and the simple dollar. And I believe they make something in the hundreds of millions of dollars per year. And someone I talked to even said they had some kind of publicly traded bond. I couldn't actually find that. So very, very, very big company behind this. Very big and very successful website. I'm also particularly interested in this site because in 2009, I actually started a, a similar site didn't go that well though no we we sort of went in different directions so (laughs) that's that's Uh, the only common point you have with that (laughs) yeah so we we did a podcast a couple years ago you and i talking about our failures and our first sites and i had a similar sort of site to this and in the same space basically something i'm kind of quite interested in i'm always trying to maximize the the credit card points and stuff my myself so yeah It's a very successful site. What they do particularly well in terms of their business model is they are able to promote credit cards very, very, very heavily, but without it being too kind of in your face. And 
credit cards is a notoriously difficult, notoriously competitive space. And if you want to rank for any of the competitive terms there, you're going to need sort of serious budget, serious muscle behind when you're doing that. How the points guy kind of sidesteps that a bit is the angle of the site is around travel hacking. So how to fly in business class for free, how to get the best seat in an airline, how to get hotel upgrades, all these kind of cool, interesting things, which a lot of people are are very interested in, as you can see by by their traffic. But what they do so well is they kind of inject the credit card angle into every stage of this process, every part of their content, really. So we're talking about reviewing a hotel. They'll, they'll say that they bought the hotel or they paid for the hotel using such and such a credit card because that allowed them to get a free extra night. Or they bought this flight on such and such a credit card because that was the one which gets the most points with this particular airline or in this particular route or whatever it was. And so that basically allows them in almost every article they have to inject credit card affiliate links. And credit card affiliate links are really powerful because publicly they will pay you up to about $120 per signup per sale. But I've also read that with bigger companies, and I would imagine Red Ventures would be probably the biggest one, can earn up to four times this. So we're talking almost $500 per sign-up. Yeah, credit cards also a massive, massive industry in the US. If you're from Europe, particularly somewhere like Germany, where I know credit cards aren't really that big of a deal. I mean, a lot of people still use cash there. Yeah, not even uh, not even, even debit cards. Like it's literally yeah, even in somewhere like Sweden, which is almost cashless now, most people are using debit cards. Credit cards and the idea of borrowing isn't really such a big thing. I mean, still a lot of people do it, but just by sheer scale compared to the US, it's just another league. And that's sort of reflected in the offers which these cards put out there, the amount of free points you get when you sign up, all the perks, these kind of things are just so much better in the US than they are in in Europe or indeed anywhere else in the world. And that's kind of reflected by the amount of borrowing people are doing on the cards, the amount of fees that the credit card companies are earning. And that's then um, filters down into the commissions that they can pay for new signups. So if you're paying $500 per new signup, that kind of gives you an idea of potentially how much money credit cards are making off of each person, really. So yeah, very, very interesting space. And what I really like about the site as well is that while the majority of the content at least started around airlines and, you know, simple reviews, what's it like to fly American Airlines in economy and what's it like to fly British Airways in business class? And they have really detailed reviews where they they send their editors and their writers on these planes and they take pictures of what kind of drink was served before takeoff and they'll like measure the distance between seats and tell you which one's best and it's really really sort of cool content and if you're into this sort of stuff or you just kind of want to maximize comfort in your next flight it's super interesting in terms of the content. But what they've done really well is they've 
kind of started adding a lot more of this credit card content in there. So they say, oh, well, what is the best credit card if you travel a lot? Or what's the best travel credit card for small businesses? And they, they've started ranking for some of these really big terms like best credit cards and best business credit card and, and this kind of stuff, as well as a lot of the credit card names as well. So if you search for something like Chase Sapphire Reserve Card, or just Chase Sapphire Reserve, I think you'll also, the points guy's review of it will rank second. So by ranking for these brand names, if someone's searching for the card and then they see this review, they're quite likely to click through and check the review and then click on the affiliate link. So they're they're sort of capturing some of the, the branded traffic too, which I think is is particularly powerful. Another reason why TPG is so successful, I think, is because of the amount of press coverage they get, the amount of links they get. I've seen the guy on all sorts of US TV shows. They're always being featured in big newspapers and, and that kind of thing. There's a lot of a lot of issues in travel when something really bad happens, such as a massive delay or a couple of years ago there was that United guy that got kicked off a, a plane. Oh yeah. And it was it was really huge on social media. A lot of things changed around bumping people after that. But the points guy, as kind of the authority in travel, were asked to comment by basically every newspaper covering that story. They would say, what's your view on this? What should have happened in this? And they just got so much press because of that. There was another case where the guy bought, it was like a $30,000 first class ticket to, to review something. And then the airline misplaced his bag. And so because they did that, they got an absolute ton of press coverage for it because it's just like an interesting sort of quirky story. And I'm guessing they have very good press contacts and very good PR these days. They have PR teams for sure. I mean, like being on these shows as an expert, it's basically all PR teams work. So actually it's all PR. Every time you see an expert on TV, it's not really the journalists that found that expert, but rather basically you're paying a lobbyist to the media to place you when it's contextual kind of like paying for link placement except you're just talking right and i know because uh, at some point we wanted to do that and we literally got offered these kind of packages etc so like all of this stuff is all paid stuff from pr agencies so the agency is going to take like five six seven grants per month from you and just guarantee one two four placements on you know local morning shows slash news things slash reacting to events whenever applicable basically so that's how it works, and it's super powerful. Yeah, I would say that the thing that kind of stands out most for me in terms of this site is, and obviously the link building and the PR stuff is super powerful, but the thing that stands out for me most is just how well they've monetized their content. So when they do a trip report, they'll they'll say, oh, well, I paid for the hotel with such and such a credit card and got my fifth night free. Click here to apply. When they have a, a piece of news such as, airline this week they had something about airlines saying to passengers don't blame us if your bags are late and they had a link in there to the best credit cards for delayed baggage benefits they have all these deal alerts as well where you've probably seen these like mistake fares that airlines publish and they're only up for a few hours but you get massively discounted fares whenever they publish one of those the first paragraph's always well which card should you use to book this 
and get the most amount of points. Even if they're paying for one of their flights that they do a review with Miles, so they're getting their flights for free, they'll say, if I had paid with cash, I would have used such and such a card to get the most points and link to it. So I just think that's very well thought out. They must have some really good SOPs for doing this for new content. But at some point, they must have gone back and done a pretty thorough audit. They must be editing it all the time when your first change... Like they must be editing that content all the time. It'd be very interesting to actually monitor some of these pages and see how often they update them. Because I guarantee you, it's probably updated every week, you know? The offers do change with sign-up bonuses, particularly. So the often cards, when they first come out or for a period of time, they'll offer like a bonus sign-up bonus. So you get 100,000 miles instead of 50,000. So that kind of stuff changes. I'm sure they do a lot of that all the time. And another thing, just sort of side note, is that they're very prominent with their affiliate disclaimers in this. In any kind of social media post, even some of the images, they'll say like, oh, we earn when you click on these links. I think in finance, particularly in the US, people are very, it's a bit more strict with the FTC disclosures and stuff like that. So, Yeah. Do you think it pisses users off to do that, to do this kind of like super aggressive uh, affiliate placement? Well, if you have a look through some of the comments then on Facebook particularly, then yes, to an extent. I think that most people will understand and sort of see through the business model. But I think those are probably the vocal kind of minority that would never pay for stuff or would never kind of utilize what they're offering anyway they just kind of want free content and at the end of the day they're a business so they, they got to make their money somehow and clearly they're making a a lot of money so i think there are other travel blogs where people are just providing the information for free and this kind of more of the niche kind of hardcore travel hacking community but for mass market i think this is the kind of the the angle to go i think they've got it right so do you think if we were more aggressive on, say, Atari hacker, people would not be pissed off? No, I mean, I think the more aggressive you, you go, then for sure, the more people you're going to piss off. But I think that a lot of people have yet to find that balance. I don't think TPG goes too far, if I'm honest with you, because I think there's a ton of value in their content. Yeah. They're not just producing crap and sticking loads of affiliate links in your face, pop-ups and all that anywhere. It's there, it's prominent, but it doesn't take over the whole experience in a way. For Authority Hacker, I mean, we have lots of pages with no clear monetization, no clear affiliate monetization channel on there. there we have lots of, pro, of small affiliate programs and that will add up over time, I think, if we kind of stack them up over a lot of different pages. So one thing we're doing right now is just tracking that a little bit better because having 50 to 100 odd affiliate programs on your site and not having any kind of consolidated report for that is not such a good thing. But just starting to gather that information now, I think is we're, we're seeing a lot more opportunities where we can include that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. we did that a bit. I mean, you know, this kind of like angling the affiliate links is, is something we did on the site we just sold, actually. Like a lot of the money we were making were not on like best text for white type keywords, et cetera, but rather on these more informational type queries and people would land on these pages and they would essentially be a tutorial slash real life test, etc. exactly like the point guys does. And then we'd be like, oh, the best tool to do this or whatever is this or whatever. The best item to do this is this. And just, it would 
exactly show you like it would just send you there and people would buy like crazy as well so one thing that this does actually is this opens up the amount of queries you can try to rank for and very often these queries are a lot less competitive than pure commercial intent queries you will make less money don't get me wrong like usually like uh, they're high commercial intent high competition for a reason they make good money but if you let's say find an fa program that pays you really good money then trying to find all the information queries, tutorial queries, et cetera, where you can just plug it in in the middle of the content as part of the content is a really good idea because you already know this FA program converts. And usually this offsets the loss of commercial intent from the query if the program just has a really good conversion rate slash EPC. So it's something that we've done quite a bit as well. And something that I think people can take away from this example is when you have very well pay, very high paying offers, very high paying items, just find every info query where you can just plug it in and create content for that. And you can use that content for link building as well. Yeah, I think a good way to sort of summarize that is this site started off as a travel hacking site. And then at some point they started adding credit card offers. But what it's turned into is a credit card affiliate site with all the travel stuff kind of built around that. So that the credit card monetization is the primary focus of the site now. Yeah, definitely. You can tell. And you can tell it's run by this company that's like very, very profit-oriented now. Cool. Let's talk about the next site. What is the next site? Okay, the next site is fitsmallbusiness.com. It's a DR82 site. It was established in 2013. has around 10,000 referring domains. And Ahrefs is estimating traffic at 1.5 million. Estimated traffic, by the way, it can vary up and down quite a lot. So take take this with a pinch of salt. But basically, it's a it's a small business site, and it's supposed to have everything that a small business will need in terms of information, tools, software, tax forms, all this kind of stuff. The business model, it's quite a broad site. TPG, the one we mentioned first, is solely focused on a few credit card offers. I'd say Fit Small Business is kind of at the other end of the spectrum. They have a lot of content, a lot of pages, but a lot of different programs, a lot of different affiliate products that they're promoting, a lot of different topics. And so some examples of that would be for their affiliate content, they may have best employee scheduling software or best HR software, best e-commerce software, that kind of stuff. They have a lot of info content. On Ahrefs, some of their best performing content is actually around some tax forms. So this form 941, some kind of FICA thing. It's, it's a US form. I don't exactly know what it's for, but some kind of tax form that people have to fill in. And they have templates and examples and information for how to do that. But then they also recommend a, a tool, a piece of software that will automatically do that for you. So that's that's kind of cool. In terms of their info, info content, I found this particularly interesting. One of the best ranking pages is for the term, what is business casual? That's the kind of business casual dress. I, that always confused me when I worked in an office. People said, oh, on Friday, it's business casual, which is, it's an oxymoron really. Like, what does that mean? So apparently a lot of people Google it. 
there's 300,000 people searching for this per month. <laughs> Put that into perspective. That explains why people all look so different on Friday in most of these. What, what they've done really well, though, is they've actually found a subscription box service which delivers monthly business casual clothes to you. And they're on share a sale as an affiliate, and they have an average commission of $13.27 per person. But considering the volume of this term, it's actually a really good idea. So it just goes to show you that you don't have to go for the super high commission paying offers all the time. What Fit Small Business has done is they've gone very broad and they've got lots of offers. And I'm sure some of them make quite a lot of money, but I'm sure a lot of them are making 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 bucks per month. And just over time, that stacks up when you have so many of them as well. That's kind of what I, I like a lot about this site. Another thing as well is they don't just do tools with affiliate programs. I guarantee you, like when you look at the, the lists of tools, etc., they charge for listings as well. So like probably just to be prominently placed on the listings, you get, they pay for that basically. Like they essentially had an advertising system and they have probably a sales team that contacts all these tools companies and they just sell them the placement, you know? I mean, I don't know uh, if, you, if you say so. Yeah, a lot of big tools, like Captera, for example, does that. So like, you know, they have these listings they have the list of tools and they literally have like sponsored posts, sponsored placement above like Google has. And you essentially pay monthly for that. So you rank for interesting queries and just to be placed prominently, not only do they pay affiliate commissions, but they also pay for high placement on these big sites. And I mean, we have companies that, that wanted to do that as well on some of our sites. So yeah. What I've also seen actually is that in terms of monetization, they've started branching out into some tech kind of areas so they go into things like wordpress hosting web hosting which i know is a very profitable sector so what when they're starting to review that i think maybe they've started off with just a small business stuff but then they've realized that these kind of tangential related niches have really like high paying programs and stuff i think they're reaching the point where they're running out of stuff as well probably that's the thing i mean the standout feature for me for this site is really the breadth of this site there's no clear winner in terms of monetization channels like with the points guy but they've gone really broad they've covered every single angle and every single numbered form that the irs have they have a page on it it's a really complete it's a really well done really broad site so like how can people that listen to this podcast use what you learn from this site i think it gives you an idea of how wide you can go I mean, first of all, as I said, you don't have to have the highest paying affiliate offer in the world to make a lot of money. I know this site does make a lot of money. However, they do it by having lots and lots of small affiliate programs. So as we said before, if by just signing up for them all, by tracking them all, you will start to see your income actually stacks up quite quite nicely, as as we are doing right now with, with Authority Hacker when we, when we really start looking at this stuff. <laughs> Just for disclaimer for the audience, we never tracked affiliate earnings from Atari Hacker ever. <laughs> we just started like a month ago. Yeah, I mean, we, we were in all the programs and we got paid most of the time by most of them. <laughs> but we, we never really monitored it. We, we found loads of affiliate programs that had, you know, $500, $800 here or there in the program. And because we hadn't sent the 
W8 form or whatever, we, we weren't getting paid and the money was just stuck there and we forgot about it or we had to request a manual payout or something. So tracking is is key for something like this. You need to stay on top of We should take a second to thank everyone that bought through our affiliate links as well, because I'm sure a lot of them are listening. So thank you for, if you did that, that helps the business going on Atari Hacker. It's nice, it makes us more motivated to do more content for this site, essentially. Would you start a site this wide? If this was my first site, I would not because you need to produce a lot of content to kind of capture it all. Would I start a site like this now knowing what I, I know? Yeah, sure. I would absolutely do it Do it in this space. I think it's pretty good. It would take a certain level of kind of expertise, I think, to know when to or where to start rather because you could end up in a space where you produce a ton of content, but it's not really making that much money. So you'd want to kind of identify what higher potential areas were. Okay. So you would. How much money do you think we'd need to spend to like go this broad? Well, they had like 10,000 something pages on their on their site. I'm sure not all of those are content. You don't pages. need all of them to start though, like... Yeah, the way to start with something like this is to pick one of the categories and then really flesh that out. So when you're doing your research, you can kind of have a high-level map of all the the high-level categories here. I mean, on the site, they have marketing, finance, HR, retail, e-commerce, realtors, technology, webinars, and reviews. So I would pick one of those, like finance or something or HR, and then just dig into that and, and really go deep with that kind of content. And just get all the HR stuff together. A lot of it would be related as well. If you're doing individual product reviews, then the roundup review would be based on the product review. So mm-hmm. there's kind of efficiencies there by, by by focusing, I think. Okay. And would you go like the content is like okay, but it's not it's not amazing. It's okay-ish. Would you go as crazy as the points guy, or would you stay on the same level of quality as what they have here? I would probably do something in the middle. I just, I hate doing average content and not that there's as average. It's, it's still, still pretty decent. It's just not a plus. It's like an a minus kind of thing. Yeah. So I'd still try and do a little bit better. I, I think for some of the reviews as well, I, I'm not quite sure if they've actually really reviewed all the products. So maybe that's a way to stand out, but maybe that's going to be less, less efficient and they've, they've done it this way because the commissions for each keyword are, are so small. And because they need 10,000 pages, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But over time, you've got to say, is someone better going to come along and produce better content and outrank them? Yeah, that's the risk, right? Quite likely. Especially when you're so broad. Like someone can just take one of your categories and outdo you on this category, you know? And then if ever, if there's one person per category coming and doing this, you're, you're in trouble, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's pros and cons, but I like, I think also the way they plan their site is pretty smart. And I think in terms of navigation, it's a good site to look at as well. Like, you know, white, big sites are really hard to structure in terms of navigation. And I think it stands out quite nicely as well. But I also think that these guys have a lot of like sponsored deals, etc. A lot of these tools they recommend, they don't have affiliate programs at all. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they get paid anyway. Okay. Anything else to say about this site? No, no. All right. I'll let you drop on the next one then. Okay, so the next one is PCPartPicker.com. This was established in 2010. It's currently DR73. It has about 7,500 referring domains. And Ahrefs is estimating about 3.2 million traffic per month, which is quite a lot. 
And one thing that's really interesting about the traffic split is there's loads of brand keywords in there for their own brand. So it's, it's clearly a very popular site. I think part of that is because they have a very popular forum, actually. So I think a lot of people are trying to find that. But I build my own PCs. I, I saw you were going to say I built my own PC site as well. It went the same way as the travel site. <laughs> I build my own PCs. So I buy the components, put them together. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm using right now. But I've never actually come across this website. What I really like about it is it's an affiliate site for sure, but they have a lot of integrity about what they're doing. And they have a lot of user-generated content and user-generated reviews especially. So I feel like I can really trust the information and what's being said on this site. It's very, very interesting as well how they do some of the tech stuff, which I'll, I'll get into in a second. So their business model in general is about providing content, first of all. So they have several channels for this. They'll have guides, which are all user-generated. That's how to build a home office PC. And there will be the parts that you need to build that. And there'll be commentary around each part. So why did I choose this motherboard? Why did I choose this, this RAM? And then at the end of it, there'll be a list of parts and the best price for each part, where to buy it with an affiliate link. It's just so well done, that, that last part. I really, really like it. There'll then be see completed builds. So there'll be, this again, user, user-generated content. People will upload their specific builds, which they've made. Other people will comment on this. They'll also add things like test results if they run PC speed tests. People can upvote this specific build or downvote it, and they can, again, have all the parts with affiliate links, where to buy it, that kind of thing. Where it gets even more interesting, though, is the individual parts section. So they have, with PC parts, there's thousands of different motherboards and processors and types of RAM and and all that kind of stuff. What's really cool is the tech side of things they've built with this. So what they do is they'll pull the specs. I don't know whether that's from the manufacturer's site or, or how they're doing that, but all the key specs are displayed. And what they've done is they built a price comparison feature. So they'll pull prices of that that component, that motherboard, say, from all the different vendors, from Amazon and others, and they'll compare those prices, tell you which is the best one. But what they've also done is they compare it over time. So you'll see a graph over the last three months or so of how the price on each site has come down. And with PC components, typically when they come out, they're expensive. And then over time, they get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as new ones come out, as technology moves on, and this kind of gets somewhat outdated. So it's really interesting to see the the price drop over time. They've gone to such extreme levels with that that you can even put in, they have a, a place where you can put email me when the price drops below X and you can put in a value there and your email and it will email you when the price goes below $100 or something. So if you're really on a budget, this is a fascinating way to kind of get the price you want. You may have to wait a little bit, but it's a really good, really good function as well, I think. They do have a a blog as well. It's not what you would expect. I would expect this to be loads of kind of info content that's keyword targeted and stuff. And there are a few of those kind of things, but but really this PC part pickers turned into its own brand now. And they've done, I mean, they had this like charity water completion thing where they're, it looks like they're building some kind of well in Ethiopia 
and that was the kind of content that that sort of appears on their on their blog. So they do have new, things like when new products are coming out and and that kind of stuff as well. But it all really it's not as much as some sites like the the ones that we build where we build a lot of info content which is really to build really just to get links yeah i mean they do it on pages they do they do that on pages like their core pages are their business and the blog is just here to entertain the community basically yeah if you put it through wayback machine though and, and go back further in time they did have more of that kind of content like what is the ssd versus hard hdd boot times you know that kind of thing but they don't do so much of that anymore. I'm not sure if this is the reason, but their YouTube channel is actually, it's quite good. And they do a lot of that kind of content there. It's very well produced. They have a proper studio, a lot of how-to type guides, assembly guides, that kind of thing on, on there. They're doing really, really well there. And the other thing which I mentioned before is they have a massive forum. There are, I think, almost a million threads on there now. And I think that's probably the reason for a lot of the branded traffic. Even in the forum, the the text quite good, so you can kind of put your build list in there and get other people to review it or critique it. When you mention certain products, it will kind of pull it out as an affiliate link and and that kind of stuff. Really, really good. So all that is great, but the standout feature for me is their system build part picker. So that allows you to select each of the components that you need from a big list, and you can sort of drill down into it. And what the tech will do is it will make sure each thing is compatible. So if you're picking a certain socket size of processor, it will only show you motherboards that will work with that processor, for example. This is a big problem, which when you're building a PC, you typically face, especially if you're new to it, you don't know what you're you're doing. It's a very easy mistake to make. And so they've kind of protected their, their users against that. And you can spec out your entire PC in this way and then it will tell you for each component where's the best place to to buy it from and they'll calculate even with things like mail in rebates i saw in a few examples and and that kind of thing i think this is a really really clever piece of tech more than that though it adds a ton of value to the process they're not just capturing the keyword by writing a, an article and and ranking it and trying to get you to click on their affiliate link they really are adding a ton of value which me as a as a user would definitely use like i mean next time i build a pc for sure i'm using this they even have a uk version as well are you gonna use it and click on their links yeah okay then yeah yeah. for sure yeah but like i think the really standout thing about this site is they literally get users to create content with their own affiliate links inside and that's kind of amazing and uh, like how can someone do that is i i don't have the answer to be honest i think the reason they're able to do it is because they're adding so much value with their tech like the price comparison and the price comparison over time is more than worth it for whatever they're doing the guys behind it are just by the way they've built all this it feels really genuine i think that the tech community pc enthusiasts gamers these kind of people they're very jaded and when you try and kind of make money or profit out of people like that, they're often very quick to kind of go against you. I think what they've done with PC Part Picker has found the exact balance of providing a ton of value while still being able to promote affiliate products and stuff. And if it works to this kind of kind of community, then they're they're clearly doing it right. Yeah, if they were taking the angles from the points guy to this community, 
they would get trashed. Like people would like destroy them because it's like for dropping affiliate links like they do and everything. And I think that's quite interesting to think about that, that different communities will have different level of tolerance to monetization. And that, I mean, the, the gamer community is like the world. Same, same with YouTube. Like people want YouTubers to give them the money they earn from subscribers, etc. It's quite insane. But I think what also stands out to me when I look at this site is that, you know, I go to all these conferences, etc. And there's people spending six figures a month on link building, right? There's some people spending a ton of money on this stuff and just to like buy links and do all that stuff. Instead, if they actually invested in tech like PC Pod Picker did, they would probably pick up more links over time and just build a, a longer-term asset than strictly going for links. I mean, that's been talked about before, but that's something that we are even looking at right now. I mean, like we're starting to build custom tools, etc., on sites. If you can build like a public utility tool like this one, if it's powered by affiliate links, great. But even if it's not, just to get links to your site, it's quite useful. I mean, there's a reason why Neopetal Suggesting is developing it right now. And that's because these kind of tools actually are an incredible link bait and can earn you a ton of very high quality links and can be better than just strict link building campaigns on their own, I think. That's what I'm taking away from this site. Without knowing the, the people behind the site, I, I can already tell they're really cool people because they provide a lot of value and they haven't shoved the monetization down their user's face too much. And when they are doing it, it's, it's doing it in a value-add kind of way. So yeah, really big fan of this site. All right. What's the next site? The next site is called safewise.com. It's security, home safety, home automation, family safety type site. Really good affiliate site as well, yeah. Yeah, I, I, my first impression of the site is really good. I, I love the, the design, the layout. It seems very, you, you just trust the site straight away. It was established in 2013, though I, I see the domain was a bit older. It says DR75 has about 6,200 referring domains, Ahrefs estimating half a million traffic per month. I think it's a very good niche. So it kind of covers two things. It's the, the home safety, home security, and home automation. Your own safety, your own well-being is not something people will typically compromise. You, you may not have a – when times are tight, you'll stop – going on super expensive holidays or maybe you cut down on some unnecessary expenses going out that kind of thing but you don't really cut down on safety or security so it's kind of quite evergreen from that perspective what i also like though is that they've branched out into home automation so these are things like smart thermostats which i know you've you now have one of those or, or will have when you eventually have your apartment ready <laughs> let's not talk about that yeah <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on gail's renovation project by the way yeah that's if, if you want it let us know in the comments or something and it would be on <laughs> april 1st <laughs> but the thing with home automation is they're always releasing new versions so you have like the nest thermostat and then Two years later, they'll have a new version of it, which has all these extra new features. So people are quite kind of inclined to upgrade it. You don't have to with, with some of them, like the light bulbs, but they are getting better and better versions of it and more advanced ones that have new features and that kind of thing. So there, there's always something new. And there's the people who buy this kind of stuff are kind of, they want the newest stuff. They're the, the trendsetters, the early adopters. And so they're going to be coming back to your site for to, to buy these these things over and over again. And also it's worth saying that a lot of them are, are very, very expensive. So the, the affiliate, affiliate commissions can be, can be very good there. 
Not only that, but because there is all these um, these uh, plans to for to have someone watch your home for you, you know, it's like actually these are recurring subscriptions, and I think there's recurring commissions as well on these things. Yeah, a lot of them, like the cameras and stuff, you you buy them, but then you need to pay ten bucks a month for the storage or the the live feeds or whatever it is as well in, in the home automation area too. So yeah, it's it's just a really good niche actually. Their business model, it's pretty much a standard stage one authority site. It's just very well executed. And again, the, the breadth of the content is is exquisite, really. For each category, they have they, they go into sort of all the different kind of brands. So say of security cameras, and then they have all different kinds of reviews of different models and best of roundup reviews. They've really covered it very, very well. They have a lot of FAQ type stuff. They have a lot of resource content as well. Some of it will be your typical best home security system for 2019. One of the really cool things I, I saw was a piece of info content they did around the 100 safest cities in America in 2018. So what they did is that yeah, what they did is they took the took data from the FBI about which cities, I guess, have the least amount of crime. They did a huge list post, talked about the city, talked about why it's safe, that kind of thing. But then they, at the bottom, they had a huge map and they had, so for all, for all the states in the US, and you could click through on each state. And for each state, it would go through to its own page. So it then had safest cities in Nebraska, safest cities in New York, safest cities in Florida, all, all this kind of content as well. So from this one idea, they've created you know fifty one articles and targeting all those, those those individual keywords. And of course, when they're doing that, they'll say, "Well, learn how to make." On each article, they'll say, "We'll learn how to make a home safe anywhere." Here's our best security systems of twenty nineteen or whatever. I really like that piece of content. It's obviously obviously well designed uh, as well. It looks looks really good. In terms of the standout feature, though. I think that the the content itself is just fantastic. I really, really like the way they have in their commercial content, so roundup reviews especially, they've done all the kind of fancy stuff, the, the pros, cons boxes, the call-out boxes, the comparison tables, not just the initial comparison tables, but they have secondary comparison tables of all the features that which each item in the comparison has. And they've done it in such a way that it doesn't look like a sales page. I know when we've tried to do this, sometimes it ends up looking like a bit of a cheesy sales page, but their design, the the colors they use, the the layout, it's just so it's just so kind of like non-threatening that it it doesn't appear to be kind of overly pushy or overly salesy, even though there's tons of affiliate links in in in, in this content. So uh, that's what I really like about the site and also obviously the, the type of in- info content, link-based stuff that, that they're doing. Yeah, I think if you just picked up Elementor and you want a good inspiration for an affiliate site, this is one of the best ones to look at. You can pretty much do everything you see on this site with the Elementor theme builder, which is quite cool. I could be plugging affiliate link here, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, if you want to see what heavily well-formatted affiliate sites 
and well-branded look like. This is one of the ones you need to look at. And I think that's what you need to take out, especially all the way they do, they lay out the call to action. It's hard to transmit in the podcast, but the way they do tables, the way that the call to action scrolls with you when you read the best text for why, but then stops uh, when you get to the next item and just another one takes over from that item, etc. It's really, really well made. It also looks really good on mobile. They're really good at putting their call to actions about the fold and so on. So yeah, go check the website, safewise.com. You learn a lot about formatting. I think that's, I mean, the niche is interesting. The content is quite good, but really where they stand out is the branding and formatting. And that's where that it's a really good site to learn from because it's exactly a stage one authority site executed really well. That's mine for this one. Let's do the next one. Okay, so the next site is selfhacked.com. This is a, I'm sort of struggling to define the site, but it's a, it's a biohacking site. It's kind of like borders on a lot of health topics as well. So it's DR69, has about 3,000 referring domains. Ahrefs is estimating about 700,000 monthly visitors. Though what's interesting is they did appear to get hit in the August 2018 algorithm update. They went down quite significantly and then they sort of bounced back really really high and then they went down a little bit again so a bit of a yo-yo with with, with traffic there many they're still... sites have had that you know like it's like when you go to say like, a, like as they refresh this algo a lot of people have had this effect yeah and it looks like they have kind of responded to some of the eat stuff quite well and i'll get into that in in, in a little bit when i looked in wayback machine with this site in archive.org, I saw for the first couple of years, they started with the basic WordPress theme. So they were rocking the, the 2010 or 2011 theme, whatever nice. it was called, with the, the big black heading. And it was really just some dude talking about his biohacking adventures, like stuff he was doing, cool experiments he was running, tests he was doing, all that kind of stuff. It was kind of cool. The content was very genuine, not really marketed at all. It didn't really look as it was making making much money however now it's really turned into a true kind of stage three authority site it's even not clear that when you go to the homepage that it's a it's a blog i mean the the headings are like start here post about genetics vip login and store on the top so when i came here i was like well, what are they selling was the first thing i was looking for but most of the content is is info content if you click on their store they have ebooks so they have cookbooks they have this ebook about biohacking to get rid of insomnia. They have these DNA reports where you basically you use something like 23andMe or one of these other services, and then you download your your info, and then you can buy this like DNA report, and it'll tell you what all the things mean. So it kind of they overlay onto other services in that sense. They have online courses like video courses about elimination diets and inflammation and they have these subscription services which really interested me actually to the point where i'm actually considering buying one of these where they will do lab test analysis so you can go to get your blood test blood work done anywhere really and i i guess you have to get certain markers kind of analyzed and then you you kind of get those results and you upload it and they'll actually tell you what that means and they'll they'll interpret that and they'll give you advice on what to do to improve that or say whether it needs improved or not that, that kind of thing so it's, it's really interesting 
because when you go and get your blood work done, if anyone's anyone's done this, I did it last year just out of curiosity, and they'll give you a kind of a big range of stuff. And if, if it's in that range, fine. If it's not, we'll go see your your doctor. But as I understand, the ranges are very very broad, and I think what lab test what the lab test analyzer does is they they kind of focus it a little bit more. So even if you are kind of in that range, but kind of at the bottom end of the range, they'll say, well, do more of this kind of exercise or take more of this kind of supplement. And and you should think about eating more of this or eating less of this, you know, that kind of thing. I found that super interesting. I love kind of that, that kind of side of, of health of biohacking really. So it's kind of tempting for me, I would say. In terms of their content, though, I mean, this is, this is just the products we talked about. In terms of their content, they rank for a lot of very, very specific terms, most of whom I had never heard of before. And bear in mind, Gail and I ran or run a health site for five odd years, and I'd never heard of most of these, these terms. The, the only one that stood out for me was uh, flaxseed oil, but all the rest were like really weird kind of can tell I was doing the cure research, you know. Really weird antioxidants <laughs> and and like very very specific things. Yeah, and I would say the content is just so well researched. The flaxseed oil, for example, has it goes into so much detail. It even talks about gene interactions. So if you have specific genes, according to like a DNA test, like how does flaxseed oil? impact that or how does that affect taking flaxseed oil and flaxseed oil is like a very common thing you buy that in any supermarket supplement store that kind of thing they do the same for some of the more like extreme examples they have this like clenbuterol thing which is some it's some substance is, is banned by the international olympic committee so that kind of tells you probably a lot about what it does but some people, I guess, use it for, for biohacking. I'm not quite sure if it's a, a, an actual steroid or not. But they talk about it, but they're not trying to push you some cheesy affiliate offer for some fake version of it. I mean, this is banned. You can't buy it really in, in most places, as, as it says in the article. They say as much as that. That tells me that they have a, a good amount of kind of integrity in what they're doing because I know there are some kind of similar versions of it which are not really clenbuterol but you you get that in some affiliate offers and and they've even gone as far as they have an article about rhubarb which is you know you can buy that in most supermarkets i guess and it it goes into what drug interactions are there with rhubarb which is something i would like would never even kind of consider being a thing because it's such a common kind of something you should what, probably not worry that much about yeah exactly exactly <laughs> this all kind of shows that it's just very very well templated <clears throat> their content so they, they make sure they really cover off every eventuality with with all their content for me what really stands out is how well they've implemented the the kind of eat stuff and now whether or not this has specifically been effective or just because their the content's really good on its own it's 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 not for me to say. Did you see they, them change it on archive.org? I didn't look, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, I was going to ask, like, was it a reaction to the update or was it uh, before that? Okay, so with the magic of editing, we just checked archive.org now and they did not have any of this stuff before. So it looks like they've, since August 2018, they've, they've added all the attribution and the kind of authority reviewers so, uh, so with what did the, they add exactly with the rhubarb one they have someone who has a 
a degree in molecular biology write the actual article and it's reviewed by a pharmacologist and they have all the, okay. the kind of credentials and stuff on there. I, I really like their design as well. It's kind of super professional. It's just really, really sort of clean, very kind of like well done for a health site without kind of going overboard on the the kind of green side of things. It looks more like a medical site in design than a health site, I would say. What, was the article changed or is it the same article and they added the credentials? No, so they didn't change the article to just put the credentials in. And the new articles they've written since then have done it, have ad- added that in. So I think they've kind of been ethical in, in, what they're, in what they're doing there. Yeah, it's interesting to see. They basically came back and kind of came back down, but they're more or less, yeah, it's very weird. They're back to where they were at the beginning of 2018 in traffic now. I do wonder if they've cut a bunch of their content. Uh, I, I saw on archive.org, they had a bunch of like cancer treatment type content, which I know yeah. is very, very dubious with, with, with this. And I, I can't see any mention of that in the, the site index, at least. So maybe that's some of the reason they've, they've cut some traffic. Interesting. They'll be they'll be on a roller coaster here, but it's still a good site. Like it's still a good site. Actually, given the quality of the site, it's kind of amazing that Google would actually penalize these kind of sites. Actually, because I think it's really well put together. Especially, if they, I I believe they have doctors looking at this stuff, etc. Yeah, it's all very well um, referenced as well. Every single claim or fact they may make is backed up by some kind of like scientific research. It's, there's no kind of woo woo pseudoscience here. Okay, so what is the takeaway for like? Someone who's listening to this podcast, they want to take something away from this site. Well, if you do health, be prepared for the roller coaster that it is. No, yeah. I, I would say that great content, like truly exceptional content that's true, that's accurate, that's going to stand the test of time will pay, pay dividends for you. You compare this to most other sites talking about flaxseed oil, for example, and you will start to see why this site has done better than than those others. The, the level of detail they've gone into in their content, in their research, they've been very, very thorough. It's all backed up by plenty of scientific data. And yeah, it's just, just really, really good. I also like the fact that they have not kind of sold out, so to speak, and started promoting tons of diet pills or, or anything like that, which I know do pay very well in this space, but are, are quite kind of unethical. And they've actually gone down the route of creating their their own products. So they have their own courses. Again, none of them are like lose tons of weight or any kind of miracle overnight kind of things. It's more, here's an actual problem like inflammation. And here's a step-by-step process to, to actually solve it. And don't have that problem, but I believe this is a resource that I would trust if I did. I also really, really like their subscription services and their like lab analyzers and all that kind of stuff that they've they've built. So that's pretty cool. As well. Yeah, I've heard about a lot of people doing these kind of like micro subscription services on their sites mm-hmm. and making really good money. Like you know stuff that's like nine bucks a month for like a premium newsletter or like really small ones. If you have a decent amount of traffic, like people pull out like tens of thousands of dollars per month from like writing two newsletter per month, you know, and just outsourcing that for like a thousand bucks. Yeah, so, the, the other thing I would say as well is they started with such a basic idea. It was really just the guy's personal blog. He didn't have any fancy tech. He had a crappy WordPress theme. So it just goes to show that sorting all that stuff out on day one, it, it's not the be-all and end-all. 
I think just getting started, had this guy waited and worried about figuring all that kind of stuff out, he may not have pulled the trigger. He may not have gotten started and be where he is today. So it just goes to show you what you can go on to achieve with something very, very basic. Yeah, I mean, this and the points guy and the last site we're going to talk about is also like also started basically on the basic WordPress theme. Like I would I would recommend at least generate press or something like that. But yeah, you don't have to have a fancy site initially, basically. Is it still the same guy running the site, though? I believe so. Yeah, his the, the guy Joe is all over the, the site. So he's his, okay. his, his pop up at the top, which appears on every page yeah, to join yeah, him on Instagram. Which is, I haven't seen such a puff up like that before. It's kind of interesting, but so, there you go. So they either made a puppet of his body or it's still him, basically. Yeah. He only has 2,000 right. followers, so make of that what you will. It's not working very well. <laughs> or they've just it's started just doing it. I mean, I don't know. Like using this, this prime call to action for Instagram following, um, uh, it's like, especially his photos are not that crazy. I don't think they would get crazy, crazy engagement. So I don't think it's the best, to be honest. But my opinion, I think he'd be better gathering emails or yeah. just promoting products from his store there. Anyway, that's not the topic. Let's jump on the next site. So the next site we're going to talk about is roastycoffee.com. It's a DR41 site. It was established in 2015. It has around 400 referring domains and around about, according to Ahrefs, 345,000 organic search per month. Other interesting thing about this is the Ahrefs traffic value is about 447,000. Now, I told you to take the organic search with a pinch of salt. Take the traffic value with a value like with a ton so of salt. Cool. Like it's really, really far off. But what's interesting is it has been increasing quite quite steadily. I know just because we've been doing a, an article for Authority Hacker about the coffee market. It's about $74 billion market in the US alone. 62% of Americans drink coffee on a very regular basis. Yeah. But what's really cool about and 82% this, of the money goes to Starbucks. <laughs> what's really cool about this site is it was started guy by a guy called Matt who runs an internet marketing site called Money Lab. And he good site actually. Yeah, really cool site. Yeah. Go check it out, moneylab.com. And he actually has sold Roasty Coffee actually in 2018, March 2018. And he's published a ton of information about that, how much it was making, all that kind of stuff. So he sold the site in March 2018 for $55,000, and it was making about $1,400 per month in profit at the time. He also talks about his kind of troubles, which he had, and how he lost about 50% of his revenue when Amazon changed their, their commissions a couple of years ago. He also put the full kind of lifetime income that he made from that site. So we know he made about 51000 in revenue over the course of the site's life, plus then the 55000 in the sales price. So he made over $100,000 from that site. What's interesting is that since the site has been sold, the traffic appears to have grown a lot, like seven times as much. This is Ahrefs, so we're not entirely sure how, how accurate it is. It's, it's impossible to, to know for sure without the analytics, which most people will not provide publicly. It's an indication that things have been going well for, for the new owner since they've, they've acquired that site. The new owner is a company called Ace Media LLC, which I, I don't really know. I couldn't find too much information about. Uh, but basically, this is a, a stage one. Most of it, rather, is a stage one. They've kind of started the, the stage two angle, but we'll talk about that in a bit. 
coffee site. So they talk about all things to do with coffee, making coffee at home, how to make iced coffee, how to brew your coffee, how to grind coffee beans with a grinder, this kind of stuff. I really like the simplicity of the site. It's the clear, narrow focus. It's just just about coffee. They have a, a brewing section of the site, which is kind of one category, where if they're talking about how to make iced coffee, they'll have actual photos of the process. So here I'm putting it in this machine. Here's what it looks like. Here's what, what it looks like after I stir it, you know, that kind of thing. It's not super high quality, super pro studio photos. A lot of the photos look like they were just taken on a smartphone or something. They're good. They're high value, but they're not super professional. That's a good thing because it shows you you don't have to be, you don't have to have some fancy studio to do all this kind of stuff. You can really just take some photos on your phone and, and kind of add a lot of value to your guide or your review there. With regards to the next category, it's all around buying. So that would be, they have a lot of reviews and roundup reviews here. What are the best home coffee makers? What are the best travel mugs to keep coffee hot? This kind of stuff. And it's your typical review, roundup review post with looking at different options, Amazon affiliate links mostly, that kind of thing. Then they have a separate section, which is all about coffee facts, which is really where all the info content is. They'll have content like how much caffeine is in a cup of coffee, the truth about decaf coffee and how it's made, link baity kind of stuff, not PR level stuff, uh, but but link baity stuff. So you, you could run a guest posting, a skyscraper link building campaign on a lot of these articles and, and do quite well with it, I think. I see they've done some experimenting with things like featured custom images, custom illustrations for that. They seem to have gone back and forth. Some of, the, some of them have that, then some of them just have stock images. After the sale, I see a lot of new content's been added, but a lot of it is very, very simple. So there'll, there'll be roundup posts, not roundup reviews, but roundup posts. So there'll be like seven types of people or seven coffee recipes for X. And it'll have a photo of what the, the it looks like and then a sentence or two sentences and then a link back to the, the source of the, the recipe, essentially. Uh, so it's an interesting strategy. I would say the quality of, of the new content is a bit dubious. One example of that would be they have a recipe, a coffee recipe from Jamie Oliver, who's a, he's a famous chef from, from the UK. Most people will probably have heard of. And but it refers to Jamie Oliver Oliver as her. <laughs> Jamie Oliver Oil or something? No. As as her, not him. Which ah, okay. so That's so nice. they have the wrong gender there. Jamie can be a, a female name, but it seems like whoever's written that, first of all, wasn't aware who Jamie Oliver is, and second, hasn't actually checked jamieoliver.com where his photos are kind of all over it. So that that's kind of a bit bit of an interesting twist there. That that happened after this guy Matt sold it, by the way. So think whoever's the new owner is i mean that's that happens a lot when sites get sold people just like pump content on the site to basically what they do is they leverage the main authority and they find new keywords that haven't been written about and just rank quickly with them 
And uh, very often, content can be questionable. Like I've seen that many times with sites that have been sold, actually. Yeah, so that's happening here. And if the majority of the content is like that, which is not particularly well monetized, I would question how much more money they're actually making. Though I'm I'm sure just by the sheer amount of traffic and, and whatnot that they've getting to it, that it's going to have increased somewhat. It really covers the coffee niche quite quite well. They they kind of blanketed the niche. They've covered most topics that that I could see. I don't about. think they're doing coffee machines very much actually. Like they're missing the kind of like espresso machines, etc. No. no, I think I saw I think I saw espresso machines in there as well. They have also Matt started this before he sold the site. They have started a barista video course, uh, mm. which was my idea when I saw it. Was my impression when I saw it? I, I thought Who that's knows? maybe we were wrong. On well, this. we're not because Matt said that it made eight hundred and twenty-five dollars in in total, yeah. which is not nothing. Don't get me wrong, but for a twenty yeah, for the amount of work. for a twenty-five video video course with building the sales page and producing it all and stuff, it's. It's not amazing. And I can see why. I don't really think that too many people will need to take a course in making coffee. It's something that you can get from a few YouTube videos. It's not something you aspire to do. It's something you do before you you hope you become a successful actor or something, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just barista is usually a gateway job, you know? No, it's not a course from the perspective of, hey, we'll train you how to work in Starbucks. It's a course from the point of view that, okay, you have all this fancy coffee equipment, ah, coffee machines at home, okay. we'll tell you how to make it really, really well and professionally. There is an element of kind of skill and, and experience to that. As, There's as far probably as a lot of free content on YouTube as well. Like Exactly. It's, it's one of these things where like, you probably get on YouTube for free. Yeah, and it's quite um, a simple, like short-term, like it's there's a few steps to each thing it's basically like a advanced recipe course and in a way advanced cooking course and we know that those those courses don't do particularly particularly well now the other thing i didn't like about the site is it's a bit of a faceless site there's no person there's no persona there's no people behind it it's just the the coffee site so there's a bit of a lack of personality there and and I think that could have kind of improved things quite quite significantly. But in general, for me, what stands out about the site is just the sheer simplicity of it all. We've talked. I mean, it's a great like task site, basically. Yeah, like, for me, it's such a great authoritarian system site. Like that's more or less what you can expect from building an authoritarian system site. We've talked a lot about these kind of advanced sites with ten thousand linking root domains and building all these custom features and all this PR stuff. And it's cool. It's like, it's where you can get to if you're making millions or tens of millions of dollars. But this is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. This is, you can build a very simple, very focused site and you can sell it for $50,000 or if you hold it longer, maybe six figures, a bit more than that. And it's cool. It shows you, kind of shows you what's possible. And it reminds you that at the end of the day, all of these sites are working on a very simple formula of content plus affiliate links plus links to the site to get SEO traffic. And that's essentially what everyone is doing here. And I think that's just a good reminder to, to sort of keep it simple and do what's working. Yeah, someone once said, would you prefer having 10 dollars house or $1 million house? And it's better to have 10 houses, you know? <laughs> Why is that relevant? <laughs> Well, in that case, this is like a very simple site you can put together in like a couple of weeks. It's not very hard. Like we could probably go and compete with that site tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 
And that means that you free up your, like, I mean, sure, if you can build a points gate, it's better. But your chances of building that are much lower than building that, that kind of site is like no problem. Like pretty much anyone can go for yeah, it. Yeah, like if, if, if we if were... If you can build 10 like that, you're doing really well. If we know? were to start a coffee site tomorrow, I would say we have a better than even chance that we could make $100,000 from it within a couple of years. Even more with the earnings for per month, actually, quite a bit more. Yeah. If you add up the earnings. We actually have a case study coming out soon about this site we recently sold. I'm literally, I need one more testimonial and then that's going to come out. So expect a long blog post coming out soon on selling sites on the blog. But before the blog post, we are going to talk about the last site on the list. The last site on the list is a site we've mentioned before, but I think, I still think it's interesting and I like following its evolution. The site is runnerclick.com. Domain rating 65, established in 2014. They basically started as a basic WordPress site as well and reviewing Runner Gear, as the name says. They have 2,400 referring domains to this date. Organic traffic has been up and down with the updates as well, like most sites, to be frank. But mostly still up and with 719,000 per month. And Ahrefs traffic value, once again, be super careful with that, at 547,000. And yeah, it's like a really basic site. I like it because it's it's a business model that appeals to a lot of people. It's a pure stage one authority site. It's mostly ranking for, for commercial intent keywords like best X for Y and just promoting Amazon products. Pretty much runs only on Amazon at this point. But what's interesting is that essentially this site, I think, became much bigger than the owner expected it to get. And they basically ran out of keywords for running gear. They had to expand their... Tr- strategy and their content to pretty much anything for example some of the latest posts if you go on the feed it's best eye masks best travel umbrellas best long-lasting lipsticks to some extent it worked well they didn't all work out for example they rank number one for best ab machine and it's not about running at all they rank number one for best high fiber cereal also not related to running and I would say that last one is related to running because you want to have that kind of to get your carbs in before before a run. Sure. And, you know, you need to sleep in a bed before, so you should review beds, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, like how far, how far do you go? Like it's, you need to eat food you need, so you can review kitchen equipment. You need to, you know, drink water so you can review water filters, etc. Like how far do you go? Basically, it's interesting because it's a situation that can happen to people when the site does better than expected, when you become number one in your niche and you're essentially running out of keywords to monet to grow further, then what a lot of sites do, and a lot, I'm seeing a lot of sites, and that's why I wanted to include this one in this top seven, is essentially just piggyback riding on their domain authority and publishing, instead of banking on being relevant about running in this case, they're banking on being relevant for best text for why. They're banking on being relevant for roundup reviews. Essentially, you're shifting the vision you want Google to have of your site from running to just reviewing. And when you have a lot of these articles, that's essentially what's happening, and a lot of them end up ranking. Obviously, their best ranking pages and the top traffic pages are still related to running. So it seems like when you're crossing running and Best X for Y, that's when Google's like, yeah, you guys are the most relevant, so you should rank really top for that. But still, they're also relevant for just roundup reviews now. And as a result, they're ranking for a lot of other terms related to products that are just not that relevant to running. And I think that's uh, my my biggest takeaway there is like, 
how when you're doing really well with a site and you've kind of maxed out all these keywords, which does happen after a while, you can actually use that authority to just expand the types of content that have been doing well for you because you also have relevance in that type of content, not just in the topic of the content. Another cool thing that I like about RunnerClick is the way they build their email list. I think I mentioned it before, but on most posts in their sidebar, you'll see some kind of countdown to a giveaway to whatever item. They change it all the time. And this giveaway does a few cool things. One, the giveaway on that, an item that can be bought on Amazon. So they link to that Amazon item and just feature it on the sidebar. So it's kind of like an affiliate offer. But then what it does as well is people just opt in so that they have a chance of winning free stuff. And when people go and read review articles, what do they want? They want stuff. So it's a really good quote-unquote lead magnet. And you only need to buy like one of these items per week or something to get a, a lot of emails. And when you, you know, when I'm looking at the cost of our Facebook ads for like lead generation, etc. Giveaways seem like a really good idea to the point where I'm actually considering running this tactic on several of our sites really soon. I think that the, the giveaway tactic to build an email list on the review site is probably the most relevant way of doing it, better than a PDF or something like that. And then you can, every time there's a discount in this niche, I mean, these people are, are shoppers, right? So you can literally just use your email list to blast offers to them and just monetize and make probably decent money from it so that's the two things that i really like about runclick.com on top of the fact that it has a lot of like custom built templates and has a really good design and it's just a really good site to look at if you're in this industry so that's basically it. do you want to say anything about runclick no i just i i would echo that that i i just really like the the content and the the kind of angle that the site initially took i i would say that I guess I'm a little bit more dubious about expanding too broadly like like they've done. I mean, clearly, in some ways, it, it's worked. We don't really know how much it's it has not worked in, in some of the other areas, which I suspect is the case. There's a big risk in doing this that you kind of dilute your relevancy of your original niche a little bit. Uh, it doesn't appear to have happened here. However, I would just be very cautious when, when doing that and you you should only really attempt to do it when you really have covered your existing angle, your existing niche kind of fully. Don't start branching out to that, you know, after you've have 20 posts up or a hundred posts up on your site or something like that, you know, because otherwise it, it really does go too broad too quickly, I think. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I guess there's a limit. Okay, well, that was the seven sites case. So we're basically done. You can't do everything we talked about on day one and you should not. If you have not gotten your core business down first, you know, focus on that. And then once you have it, you can apply some ideas from that and then try to apply some of the ideas. So for example, the giveaway this building from Monoclick was interesting, the quirky angles from Rusty Coffee and just buying sites and adding content, the custom post layouts from Safeways are really interesting, custom business deals from Fit Small Business and just the, how wide the site is, the PR angles from the point guys in hard niches, how to get links and so on. A lot of like small things to take away from this podcast. So let us know what you are going to take away. If you want to let us know, you can drop us a podcast review and tell us there. We are really hunting for podcast reviews right now. Sorry, guys. Thanks for listening. Subscribe if you liked it. And as I was supposed to remind you, sorry, we are also on Spotify now. So if you want to subscribe there, you can do that. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week for another episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium authority hacker training.